And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. It is the newest edition of the Weighing In Podcast where we're going to talk about UFC 279 that took place in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena. A lot of things shook up. We talked about that. We had a special show for it, and there's a whole lot of things that came out of that show. We're going to talk about those and some other things that are happening in the world of combat sports. My man Josh Thompson was there watching all of the fights from God knows Just where. from where. God knows well, let's where. Before we jump into this actual fight talk, let's talk about Podcast Dave, because this is what I love to do. He <laughs> decided to try his hand at being a referee yesterday. He was the referee for one of his friend's uh, gender reveals. It sounded... It, Dave, you have a picture of that? Can we get a picture Dave of this, Dave did please? an outstanding let's job, go, and buddy. he took care of everybody, made sure there was nobody that took too much damage. And in the end, the actual reveal of the correct gender was put out there, even though some people did, will say, well, how do we know that's going to be so? Did so- <laughs> Don't get started with that. Please. Let's, let's, <laughs> I have a question. Did somebody fake like a knee to the head or an eye poke? And did, we have, did you have to get in there, Dave? And- somebody faked a uh, low blow. A low and blow. So she, I don't know, what do you call it? She woman? I don't know. She woman. That was a nice. Kicked, kicked He Man right in the, right in the balls. <laughs> kicked He Man in the in the nutsack, huh? This is great. That's a uh, nice. That's a nice look, Dave. Unfortunately, I didn't get to say let's get it on. I had to say fight because it was in the script. But um, Dave, you dude, you could move from the front yard here and the grass with what you're wearing right into. A ring in Brazil a couple of years back, and you're the perfect referee. That's exactly what they would wear. Yep. Well, Dave's you know, a little white to be in Brazil was, roughing matches, buddy. I was right at home, you know. I had to lift the arm two times because he started to pass out. And then on the third time, I don't know where it came from, but He-Man had the strength somehow to hold his arm up the third time. Oh, you were you very the, familiar with that one. Oh, yes. He punched the ground, uh, got up, you know, shook the whole place up, and then... Uh, and then they started punching each other, and then um, they both went down. I had to do the ten count, and uh, you know it was just it was such an epic, ten count. Epic. Okay, so a, okay, but so who won? Who who's the gen? What's the gender? Boy, he man won. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense if you're gonna have two of them fighting. It would make sense. <laughs> well, it really makes sense that he man would be wearing sandals. Yes, here to fight. Gri- He's getting you know. This is always this good is for fair. grip. Comfort first. <laughs> This is so great, man. This this is, and this went down in the front yard. Is that a beer in the background on the on the rock? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Looks- so the He-Man. That's the referee's He-Man, beer. Yeah. So yeah, He-Man. Um, they had to be holding a drink. It was there was a whole script. So they had to be holding a drink. Put the drinks down when they were told as part of the script. And then you see this little red cup right here. That's my mojito. <laughs> <laughs> my mojito, dude. Uh, hey, Dave. Yeah. That okay? Right. I'm, I'm gonna give you a little lesson. Your mojito is too far away from you. Uh, There's yes. no way for you to effectively grab that and stay close to your command. You need to bring the mojito more towards where the beer's yeah. at. And have you not learned anything about breathing at all? Like, you're actually in the wrong position. Like he is. He's on the close side. side. You see? Yeah. Look at Josh yeah. go. Wait, what are you talking about? 
You're on the but you're on the wrong side. Like, you're on you the close side. Yeah, you're on the close side. But that's like where you can't you miss you miss punches and well, I have to be behind the and, cameras. <laughs> so. Well, that's that. Here's the thing, John. We talk about this all the time. We as as analysts, we want the view that the cameras have, but the cameras and the ref or the sorry, we want the view that the refs have. The the cameras can't get that view because the refs always in the damn way. So when you see like it can't get a good picture or a good shot. It's because the ref's probably blocking the view that the camera wants in the real fights, not, you know, but in the real fights. And that's kind of funny that you just said that. Yeah, you want to make sure that the camera gets a good view. Um, yeah. And there was, a, there was a winner, Josh, so I think I did an, an amazing, effective job. You know, the you fact did? that there was a winner, right? Like, yeah. So did it end by knockout? Did it end by pin? Did it, what, did, what did it end by? You so, said it got so, the three count in the arm so race. They both, they then both you said there a, was a ten count. They did like a double <laughs> knockdown, um, and then... <laughs> I had to do a 10 count, so I had to count to 10 for the both being on the ground, and He-Man got up before the 10 count. He answered the 10 count, so... Uh, oh. He was so you went busy. to boxing? Went to... Well, it's a combination of boxing and, and the real pro wrestling sport that is... The real, you know, the real pro wrestling sport. The real pro yeah. wrestling sport. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right, well, hey, let's... Before uh, I let's throw up on. in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late, bro. It's too late. I actually threw up a little bit. And I actually swallowed it. It was, it was <laughs> so bad. Gross. I wanted to believe it, and I couldn't. But, um, John, can you pull up Ben Askren's? Uh, never mind. Don't worry. Don't pull it up. Ben Askren did a quick video, and Dave was actually hitting us up, talking about it as well. The conspiracy theories surrounding this card and everything that was going on. Um, look, it's. I know it sounds great to to do that type of stuff. The UFC puts the yeah the UFC does these uh, puts these match does the matchmaking puts it all together. That's kind of what they're looking for, and it kind of made sense to be honest. If you know anything about Dana White, you know anything about the model of the UFC when it comes to fighters leaving or fighters, you know they're kind of getting towards the end of their time. They're trying to build their younger fighters off of them, and that's exactly what you had had. Now, I thought this ended up, and I think a lot of people agreed, it ended up being a better card because of it all. We finally got to see the Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson fight. Now, when we're going back and forth, so like, let's talk about some of the, the conspiracy theories here. You said the brawl with Holland and Chamayev in the back, is that a coincidence? You know, and that Holland was also at a fighting on the same card at a, at a catch weight. Is it a coincidence also that, that Tony Ferguson got added to the card last minute? Also, you know, uh, in we at a at a higher weight class at 170 i i want i think people should be reminded that promoters normally put on fights with a backup fight on there and it's not so much that they're thinking that a backup fight's going to happen going to need to be used but if someone did come up with covid they can slide you know there's always probably two welterweights on the card you know there's probably uh two flyweight guys on the card or females on the card whatever it is because if someone falls off, they can potentially slide one of them in there for the bigger name fighter to make sure they always have a fight. No and doubt so, about it. That's that's yeah. been part of since the COVID era. Yeah, you know, came about as a promoter, you had to be looking and saying, "I can lose a fight at any moment." This is this is not like it was in the past. It's not just about you know, you know, a fighter getting hurt. It's about they just come in contact with someone, and all of a sudden, I can't use them. I've got to be able to switch my card up. And so you, know, you can look at all the conspiracy theories and everything like that. That's all great. But 
This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use our promo code WayneIn. They'll give you a little extra spending cash with your first initial deposit. We had some great fights over the weekend, John, and we actually gave out some great odds last week. But then guess what? The whole card got turned up upside down on its head. But it was still a great card. The UFC put on a great show. But hey, at MyBookie.ag, they made those adjustments. So if you guys had placed a bet already, they honored that bet with someone you had there or they just canceled your bet and they let you bet on the fight that was actually put together great stuff hopefully some of you guys came out on top at mybookie.ag use our promo code weighing it let's be honest tony ferguson fought most of his career most because he fought a lot of fights at welterweight before but most of his career was at lightweight in the ufc okay nate diaz fought most of his career at lightweight in the ufc so it could it didn't matter if it was lightweight or you know, welterweight, I guess, dependent upon, well, then you have Chimaev. So, obviously, they weren't thinking about Chimaev, you know, not making weight. It is something that happened. Um, I look at it, and it's like, you can conspiracy theory just about anything you want and try to come up with stuff. That's not what happened. The UFC got stuck in a position where their main event, their one guy came in way overweight, uh, I, you know, obviously I think they knew that he was overweight for a while and had been looking at figuring out how they could, you know, work this out. The whole thing with Kevin Holland in the back, you can watch that and everything and go, you know, what was it? Eh, how many times have you seen something like that, Josh? All the time. Okay. All the time. I see it. I've seen it so yeah. many times where two fighters who are not fighting each other. All of a sudden, they're coming to, to words. Something sa- said, you know, someone takes a swing, a kick. Happens all the fucking time. Yeah, so, in, the, in the hotels, like in the hallways of the hotels. Oh, my God. The hallways of the elevators. Yeah, Come yeah. on. It's always so that, that stuff happens all the time. You know, I look at it and go, is it a conspiracy? No. It was a bunch of things came together, and the UFC took it and made the best of it that they could. And I actually yeah. think. In the end, you know, people now after the fights have happened might say, oh, I wish it would have stayed the way. I think it actually turned out better the way it was. I thought that the commentary was right when they said it's a more compelling card, more compelling fights. You take a look at, you know, Tony Ferguson against Nate Diaz. That is a a more, I'm just going to say a more evenly matched fight between those two guys at their you know, specific point in their career at the age, at everything. And it's not the whole thing of a promotion trying to build up a young fighter by using the name of an older fighter that they get a win over that, you know, they can then sit there and market later on with his other fights. So no, yeah, the conspiracy theory, nice, great, have fun with it. That's not what happened here. Yeah. I mean, like, let me break this down uh, from the time the fighters arrive. They check the weight. They Chamayev was probably significantly over, and they're like, oh, you know what, he's made He's made the weight before. Let's go ahead and give they him the opportunity. They know exactly what he's done in the past, how much he's lost and because from the time he's he gotten there. probably showed up so much overweight, they probably checked him every single day. Yeah. And then they realized that he, you know, and everyone's like, oh, he was smiling on the thing. Like, he wasn't even bothered, and Dana... But the thing is, some fighters, that's how they react. They're like, fuck it, man. I know I'm not going to make the weight. Why am I going to? Don't torture myself over it. Don't be down about it. I still, the potential of still having a fight is going to be there. And I would almost guarantee that the night before, 
They knew he wasn't going to make the weight. So when he got on the scale, it was just basically for the media to see that he didn't make the weight. But Dana and uh, Hunter and Sean, they all knew already. They knew the night before he wasn't going to make the weight. And so they had already kind of been scheming. I was like, well, Dana didn't seem like he was upset. He was probably super pissed off the night before. But then, when look, when you've got guys like Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson on a fight card... It wouldn't have mattered if Tony fought at lightweight or if he was fighting at welterweight at the time. Tony Ferguson would have taken that fight. It didn't matter against Nate Diaz. It didn't matter if he fought at lightweight. That's the kind of person Tony Ferguson is. And that's the kind of person Nate Diaz is. And that's what he said. He's like, look, I should have been fighting this guy a long time ago. And Tony's been wanting that fight for a long time as well. It was a great opportunity for both these guys uh, to be the main event, to fight people that are in their respective positions right now in their career. And um, <clears throat> the Chimaev thing, it just so happened that there was another guy on there that, sure, everyone's, oh, he got the beef. Well, he could have fought Lee also. Or he already fought Lee, sorry. But there was other guys. He could have fought uh, D-Rod, you know, because D-Rod is the guy that w- came in that, that was the catchweight as well. He could have yep. fought D-Rod. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was other options. It just so happened that the controversy worked out with Holland, and Holland, you know, was is one of those guys. He He's going to take the fight no matter what. There's... When people, I guess when we, as a promoter, he picked Dana White or Hunter and those, they picked the right guys to have on this card if something like this fell apart. Because had it not been this crew, they would have been. Oh, it could have gotten ugly. It could have gotten real ugly. It could have yep. gotten real ugly. Yep. <clears throat> you know, and um, it would have, it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been a pretty sight, man. And when I, when I said last week <clears throat> on that little, on the short show we did, uh, which did great numbers, by the way. We want to thank all the fans for for really tuning in. Hopefully, you guys liked and subscribed. And if you guys uh, like our content, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button. But like I was saying last week, was these type of things like Chamayev did, it pisses Dana off. And maybe this whole thing worked out, but this is kind of Chamayev's one strike. Look, look, yeah. making weight is a big deal to me. To every promoter, it's a big deal. If you don't make weight, what am I going to do with you? I can't rely on you. Now... There is a lot of talk that he basically got like a an easy, a better fight. He didn't get an easier fight. He got a harder fight. And so I, I don't understand what you're not like. He got to me. Kevin Holland was the harder fight for him. Kevin Holland's a, a, a good fighter. Nate is mainly boxing. Nate's good on the guillotines. Good on those things, as we saw. <clears throat> but Nate's 37 years old, pushing, I think, 38. I don't, is he 37? I think he's 37. He's 37. Yeah. So, like, when... That style against somebody, yeah, 37. That style, Nate's a fantastic fighter, but him fighting just strictly a wrestler, the history has shown the Diaz brothers have always had a hard time with good wrestlers. And that was not, and you saw how Chamayev came out against Kevin Holland. He just wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and chased the submission after one after another. You know? Didn't he cheat? I don't know. What did he cheat? Did he? Comes out. For the glove tap, what does he do? Oh, man. That's not cheating, though. That's, being a, that's, be, that's being a poor sport. That's uh, okay. all it is. That's being I, a I poor love sport. People go, he cheated. People, let's make this as clear as we can. There's that whole thing of protect yourself at all times. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that referee starts to fight, I tell guys this all the time. You want to go out there? You want to touch gloves? You want to hug? All that stuff. Hey, that's okay. Go ahead. It's on you. But don't be upset when he goes and he either works takes your legs out or he lands a shot on you while you're trying to give a hug i started the fight started that round it's on you but to wrap all the up on the conspiracy 
the UFC, they obviously knew what Chamayev's weight was. They probably had already reached out to managers. Fighters didn't need to know. They reached out to managers. And they said, hey, this is what we would like to do. If this doesn't happen, let us know. There was already buzz that Chamayev was overweight by 7 or 8 pounds or whatever it was, 10 pounds the night before. And so all of those things being considered, they they kind of had a game planned out. And I think the one that really came through was D-Rod and Lee because those are two that Lee had to go up Lee and fight especially. someone. Yeah, Lee especially. You know, so they both had a little something like, man, this is not the guy that I was supposed to fight. This is not the guy. I was you know, so and Lee was, was Lee weighed in at 170 pounds. Yeah. While D-Rod weighed in at 180 pounds. Yeah. Yep. That's like so, saying, I got a guy who fucking weighed in at fucking bantamweight, and he's going to fight a featherweight. Yeah. No, I agree. So you got you got to give Lee and you got to give uh, D-Rod, uh, especially Lee, a lot of love for stepping up and taking that fight. And uh, and I got to be honest, it was one of the better fights on the card, you know? Uh, <laughs> I thought he won. Right. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. Let's uh, Okay, so let's go ahead and start off with the main event there, John. So for UFC 279, we'll give you this quick. Uh, it will definitely not be quick. Give you, give you some <laughs> yeah. action on this fight, on, on the Nate Diaz 21st. And give me your thoughts, bud. This show is brought to you by ButcherBox.com. John, we love ButcherBox. They deliver directly to your house, my house. The food is delivered and frozen, already prepackaged. You just got to transfer it from there into your freezer. Some of the best meats can be delivered right to your doorstep. The, the quality of ingredients come to mind. Price comes to mind as well. Have you not seen the skyrocketing prices at Costco and other locations? ButcherBox.com slash Wayne in takes the guesswork out of finding high quality meat and seafood you can trust. 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood, humanity, uh, humanely raised, no antibiotics and added hormones. I'm being honest, John. I love when ButcherBox comes to my front door and I can make that transfer. I feel good about everything I get from ButcherBox. Yeah, the best part about it, Josh, is when you get butcher box, you know that you're not getting any type of meat that's full of antibiotics, hormones, steroids, all these things that some people put into these products. Butcher box makes sure that none of that happens. It's all clean, it's all organic, all natural, and some of the best tasting chicken, fish, pork, and beef you will ever get. Butcherbox.com slash Wayne in. And if you place that order now, you will get for the rest of your subscription to ButcherBox, two pounds of chicken breast free for life. Every time you put in an order, you will get two pounds of chicken breast for free. That is exceptional. That's that's a, a meal for me, but it's exceptional. <laughs> we'll claim this deal at ButcherBox.com slash Wayne in. Okay, my first thought is this. I have to say it. Hey, Mark Goddard, now you know. <laughs> Now you know <laughs> the same things happen when uh, Nick Diaz fought uh, Anderson, Anderson Silva. You know he he did all kinds of stuff, and I'm looking at I'm looking at Mark Goddard. I can see the look like ah, oh, you got to be shitting me. And hey, all you can do is roll with it. You got you got to tell him to fight and stuff. But you know what? It is part of the show, and it it, it all played out well. So I looked at you know, and when we when we did that, you know quick show and talked about you know this change of opponents and what was going to happen here i looked at it and I, th I thought hey man this is a close fight and this is both guys 
older. Both guys, you know, have losses, you know, in their last fights. Both guys are not who they were, you know, years ago. But they both match up pretty well. The The real difference we're going to see in this, and, and I did see it, was who had gotten even older. Who was the guy that slowed down more? And I think that the real difference is when I say slow down more for me, Nate's never been a fast guy. He's never, you know, he'll throw, he throws a lot as far as volume and some of his shots, you know, will come from good angles that look like they're quick, but he's not real fast. Of, he's not fast afoot at all. His hands aren't that fast, but he throws a ton of, you know, shots, ton of volume, and he just keeps that pressure. And it's pressure that, you know, when Tony is a guy that he's a pressure fighter. And he likes to come forward, and Nate likes to come forward. And you look and you said, okay, someone's going to be the guy that's going to end up leading this. Someone's going to be the guy that is in control of that, and whoever that guy is is going to be the guy that's going to win this fight. And that's exactly what really happened. Tony came out, and he was trying to control and push Nate back, and he was. He He couldn't keep it going. It was too much. He couldn't take some of the pressure that... Nate was pushing back with and the combinations and it made Tony have to start to reset a lot. And as Tony started to reset more and more, he started losing more and more ground and the the front pressure of Nate coming after him and him not being able to get that second to relax, that second to reset, that second to get a catch of, you know, just a, a gulp of air it started to play out in this fight and you could see it. And it started to play out in the fact that Tony took this fight, not, you know, this fight, obviously last second, but he took the, the Lee fight with like what, three or four weeks. Yeah. And so, and, and that was supposed to be a three round fight coming in at a heavier weight, carrying more weight and stuff. In the end, all of that started to catch up with him and he took, he took some damage, you know, I'm going to say it, your fight against Tony, you took damage, you know, early on in that fight and you could see how it had an effect. Tony took damage throughout this fight and it had an effect and you could see things that worked for him in the past just weren't working for him against Nate. They were missing things that would land for him in the past, you know, little, little things that he would do that all of a sudden it started just, it just switched the momentum. He wasn't able to switch it up here. But you know, man, he fought his ass off, and I and I, goddamn, I love the guy, and uh, my hats off to him. He went out there just to fight, and he fought as good as he could. In the end, he gets caught with the guillotine, and you talked about that guillotine, and you know the yeah. fact that you've been in in, in grappling competitions, and uh, you knew, hey, you got to stay away from that goddamn thing because it can catch you, and when it's put on quick, he's good with it. That's what caught him. First, I want to say to both fighters, great job. Yep. Nick and Nate both. I've got, uh, not Nick and Nate, but uh, Tony, <laughs> well, Nick, Tony too, and, Nick did a Tony great job in the Nate, corner. <laughs> Tony and Nate. Look, it just, Father Time's undefeated, and that's really what yeah. it comes down to. And, and we, John, you and I were talking off air before we started, and the Tony situation is, for me, it resonates because exactly where Tony is right now is where I was when I fought him. Yeah. He is, I can see it in his body. 
I can see it in like his muscle tone. I can see it in just the way his his facial features are. Like a lot of things change. Your your face starts to change. Your body starts to change. You're not carrying the muscle that you used to be able to carry. You're not as explosive as you were before. He had some good tricks, you know, up his sleeves. He was doing some good little back elbows. He was leading with the elbow. Yep. It just missed or just grazed. No cuts. That was one of the biggest things that people that I was reading online was like, oh, Tony's going to cut him because Nate's yep. got so much scar tissue. And they're and used was, to they're used to that happening. And they kind of almost got me believing. I'm like, oh, shit, you guys might be right. I, I didn't even, you know, when I was when we did the lead up to this, I was like, I didn't even think about that when we did that little short show on Friday because of all the um, the weigh-in shit. I was like, man, I didn't even think about that. You're right. If he Because there is so much scar tissue. Nate did a great job of keeping his defense up, not taking big shots. He took a couple good, hard, clean shots. But what I saw was Tony looked slower. Nate's not a fast guy. Tony had some good tricks up his sleeve, just wasn't able to land cleanly. But when I also look at, like when you look at Max Holloway when he went to fight Dustin up at 155, I saw a little bit of that. Tony's first fight back at 170. Nate has been there for a while now. It just the muscle you've got to be able to t- you got to keep carrying the carrying the weight of another fighter who's naturally walking around and understands how to cut the weight and put the weight back on and I know Tony knows how to do all those things but it does make a difference if you're not putting the weight on building the muscle and putting the weight on properly over a time frame don't just think because you walk around at that weight that you're going to be able to jump in there with someone who walks around at that weight but then also cuts down to get there properly, not properly, but is is walking around a little bit higher. So by the time they get back and they rehydrate, they're a little bit heavier than you, just your walk around weight. I just saw, I saw, there was moments when I looked at the fight, and I don't know if it was the TVs I was watching on, when I saw Nate standing face to face with them and exchanging punches, Nate looked a lot bigger. And Tony's not a small guy. No, you know, um, Tony's they're like, for one, yeah, they're very similar, but just Nate looked fuller. He looked bigger. He looked, he looked a little bit faster. Um, he would look like he was out there relaxed and having fun. And I agree with you. The pressure of Nate Diaz gets to a lot of fighters. And especially when you're used to being the hammer, like Tony Ferguson, he's used to being the one that walks people down, putting you in yep. uncomfortable, uncomfortable situations. You know, um, he was doing that to me when I fought him. And like I said, it it was weird because I'm used to sticking and moving when I was fighting, but I was also used to pushing forward and trying to wrestle you and wrestle you and do those things. He's exactly where I was when I fought him. And I look back to those moments in my career and I'm like, you only got a couple more left, buddy. I hate to, and it's like, I love Tony Ferguson. doesn't matter. I think he is a fucking legend in this sport. All the things that he has accomplished, all the things that he has done, he deserves the most respect and same thing with Nate, but it's, it's coming up. It's, it really isn't. What is this? Lost six now, I think in a row, five or yeah, six. I believe so. I think it's five. Yeah. It's just, is it's that five. It's, it's going to be, I think it's five. Six. Yep. So it's five. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be time, man. And that's, he's, I think he's got three. I think he's got three and they're going to have to make sure that their opponents that, that make sense for him. He's going to have to make sure their opponents that make sense for him. So, I don't know. Um, I, I want the best for both of them. I hope that, like, Nate Diaz riding off into the sunset. He gave a little bit of that GSP speech at the end. I'm going to go for a little bit. Who knows? I may come back. 
But, there, you know, he wants, and I, I think I said this 18 months ago, he's going to fight Jake Paul. And then he's, and then he, I think there's a good chance he fights Conor McGregor in a boxing match. I think they get, I think there's a good chance he does it outside and it's promoted separately. I don't think he, I don't think he wants to, maybe Conor will use the UFC to help promote that fight between them. But well, I think the, Connor said his contract's up at the end of next year. I saw that on Twitter where there was something yeah. like Connor's contract's up at the end of next year. Um, and so, uh, yeah, speculation around that. The end of this year or next year? Next year. I just saw something on Twitter. Time. I can't even remember what it was, but uh, See, it wasn't. Years. Yeah. And that's one of those things because if it was anybody other than Connor, I'm going to sit here and go, oh, I know they can't box. UFC's got it in their contract. They're not. Maybe Connor has it to where he can now, you know, do another boxing thing without the UFC's consent. I kind of doubt it. Still, I think it's still the UFC consent. Thank you. Yeah. But here's the and thing: is his contract? I don't think they would give it. His contract's probably not up if he doesn't. If they're not, they're offering him fights and he's turning them down. They're just extending it. Now he may have something in his in his contract that says. I don't think that right now yeah. it doesn't matter as far as them offering him fights. He's been injured, and he's off because yeah. you know he broke his leg with uh yeah. in, in his last fight with Dustin. So until he tells them I am back, I'm ready to go, they don't have to offer him a fight. Yeah, that's true. That is true, and that just extends the contract however long he's out. Normally, yeah. now his no, contract no. may be different. He is he is a unique uh, in unique circumstances. A unique with, relationship. Yes, exactly with the UFC. Like so you never know. Um, but overall, the, my my overall look on this fight, both guys came out, fought their asses off. Nate just looked like the one that had been fighting at one seventy a little bit longer, used to dealing with bigger guys he's used to handling people like it that have a bigger body frame so when tony came in there and sure he had a big bigger body frame himself but it wasn't the size of which nate's been used to to um fighting <clears throat> and so it, it showed and it was it was a good fight there was moments in there where tony clipped nate and nate doing his lean against the fence pointing all that stuff i know it brought some action uh that that made they got the crowd on their feet man they really needed that and i um I'm pumped. I love the fight. I liked it a lot, but I'm, there's a little nostalgia there for the old dogs. And I'm an old dog, so I love it. I like that. Yeah, I, I looked at it and it's like, you know, was it the, was it the greatest fight I've ever watched? Well, of course not, but it was fun. Yeah. And I enjoyed every minute of it. I enjoyed, you know, just the, the way that they interacted during the fight at times and stuff. And they had, they had moments where you could see they were like, yeah, that was good. And moments where you could see they got pissed at each other. And so, you know, a little bit of, okay, that pissed me off. But just the whole thing was, this was a fight, in my opinion, it should have taken place. And it probably should have taken place years ago. Yep. But it finally did take place. And it was a nice thing to see Nate get a win, be able to, if he wants to leave the UFC, he can walk away from him now and go do whatever it is he wants. If he wants to re-sign with them, I'm sure they would love to have him because you could just see the reaction of the crowd. As we say, the man's a needle mover. Yep. People love him. And, you know, well, that's not going to change. Let's get into the needle mover talk. He's the biggest needle mover they have right now on the roster. Right now. Give me, a, give me another guy. They He's don't have the a biggest champion. one. They don't have a champion that moves the needle as well as him. No, they don't. Not right now. 
They're, so, I think they're getting close. I think they're getting close, but right now, I don't think they do. I think, uh, I, honestly, I think Volkanovsky is, he's he's building up a, a hell of yeah. a. Yeah. He's got a whole country behind him, though. He's got a whole country behind him, and he's building up a whole lot of people in other places that are really liking the guy that comes just to fight. Mm-hmm. And I think he's on that path to being that superstar. I think yeah. Izzy's is was there. I think yeah. people are not happy with some of his performances lately. They think that he's been, you know, you know, basically controlling fights instead of trying to finish fights like he did in the mm-hmm. past. Yeah, you know, when you're fighting the very best, you know, guys there are in that weight class, you can't always just finish guys. So, but Nate Diaz right now. He's the he's the biggest money maker they have. Yeah, John, I have a question for you. Do you have a bird inside your little tent there? No, I have a lot of birds on the outside. Can you hear them? <laughs> I can hear. Them. <laughs> Maybe I should I turn the wondering. air conditioner on so you hear that instead. Uh, oh no, I was just wondering. <laughs> I was wondering because um, dude, there there's like three that are just like they're battling it out right now. I can hear them. So yeah. I'm it's sorry, really cute, John. It's really cute. <laughs> you know, I I bring an ambiance. Oh, it was, um, I have an alarm and on my alarm there, it has a, like a bird feature, like to the sound is a bird waking yeah. you up. And I was like, maybe he hasn't, maybe it's an alarm, but then it makes sense. Cause you do live on a farm. Well, that's like, I, I can tell you right now, that's a mockingbird because it's switching. It's, it's calling out all these different birds because mockingbirds mimic other birds calls. And so it's changing so fast. I know it's a mockingbird and it's right outside. Mm, that's hilarious. <laughs> I wish you get that bird to come in here and just mock Dave. <laughs> That'd be great. Just, I'm going to send him a mockingbird for Christmas. That's it. Uh, all right, well, let's get into the co-main event. Well, let's talk. You know, we talked about the guy that's the needle mover and the, the, the guy who is the favorite of the fans. Well, let's talk about the guy that was the favorite of the fans that has now turned heel so fast. <laughs> so fast. Didn't take long. Man, boy, all it takes is one. And Kamzat, he found the way to make it to where everyone now wants to boo him. Everyone loved him. You talk about Vince McMahon could not have made this happen any faster. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible. Well, this show is brought to you by Blue Chew. And guys, it's time to bring that summer heat into the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet and at a fraction of the cost. The other great thing is we just had Labor Day weekend and Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your front door in a very discreet package. John, talk about your package a little bit. How does your package get delivered at your front door? I wish I had my package at my front door. But the real thing is, is I want you to think about this, Josh. I mean, you know what? You're, you're kind of like a sports car yourself. You're kind of in tune. You're in shape. You're ready to go. Ferrari. But you can always be better, man. You can supercharge yourself, and that's what Blue Chew is going to do. Blue Chew is a way to supercharge yourself in the bedroom and make life great for not only you, but for your significant other, if you use Blue Chew, you are a person that is trying to not only be better for you, be better for your significant other. 
And our listeners get a special deal at BlueChew.com. And we've got that deal set up perfectly for you guys. If you guys use our promo code WAYININ, just pay $5 shipping. That's at BlueChew.com. Promo code WAYININ to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring our Wayne In podcast. Uh, you know, his, his fight against Kevin Holland, you look and you go... I mean, he did exactly what he should have done. If there was an area that you looked and you said, okay, where's the area that he has, you know, a strength that surpasses Kevin Holland? Well, he's, there was no doubt. We talked about it. We said, look, he's a way better wrestler. Kevin Holland's wrestling cannot match up Mm -hmm. with Jemayo's. Now, could he, could he keep himself safe on the ground with his jujitsu? That was the question. And it was a question for a while in the fight, but he was always in trouble. He did a lot of, I thought Kevin Holland actually did a lot of good, hard movements that use a lot of energy to try to get himself out of those those positions. All the roll through, some of the grabbies he was trying, just different things, trying to entwine the leg to you know get himself back to his feet. He did a lot of things in trying to create that space that would get him back. He just wasn't able to do it. Chemayev is that good at understanding his base and balance and body position. And every time that, you know, he would lock his hands and Kevin would do that roll through, you would see him unlock and then switch right back and boom, grab a hold of him. That's called knowledge. That's called skill. That's called, that's a guy that knows what the hell he's doing on the ground. And I I thought Chemayev really, if you're going to look for a guy and say, all right, You've had all this stuff, and people are talking about you know you you know your weigh-ins and all that stuff. Man, he was ready to fight. He came out. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He looked fantastic, and he got the win, man. You know, and he got the win against someone who I think is a great fighter. I really like Kevin Holland. I I love Kevin Holland, and I got a lot of respect for him stepping up and taking this fight because this this was a lot hot. Way more dangerous fight. Way more dangerous fight for him. Um. I would like to see them run it back. I think <laughs> I'm just being honest. I mean, I think there's going to be a fight. I think we see later on down the line. If Chemayev stays at 170, I think we see this fight again later on down the line because Kevin Holland is somebody that he did, like you said, a lot of good stuff. He's going to have to work on his wrestling. Um, he made some mistakes in that in that Bravo choke type position where he could have tried to arm drag it by instead of instead of doing that, could have went right to the guard. Chamayev used a lot of energy oh, in those yeah. first initial takedowns. And you can see even the commentary team was saying he's breathing heavy. This is one of those he's one of those fighters that fights this way and he's going to realize how like a Michael Chandler you're going to run into someone who can take everything that you dish out and what are you going to do if you burn your gas? If you if you burn the candle on both ends. He's yep. going to end up in the middle of the third round going, "Shit." I got two more rounds or two and a half more rounds. What the hell am I going to do? And Chemayev is a good fighter. He's He's got a lot of great gifts. Fight IQ is not one of them. And it, <laughs> yeah, speaking, but you can, but hold on. You, you can say, yes, it is. I understand exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of excessive, uh, movement as far as, you know, how he was trying to ragdoll Kevin at times. But where was the place that he was going to get this win? 
where was yeah. the least where was the place that there was the least amount of danger to him that's where he was put in the fight yeah and so you got to look at and i i understand what you're saying as far as he needs to understand he right now we're seeing a guy who has 12 professional fights josh mm -hmm. 12 okay he's young he's got a lot to learn you know think about you when you had 12 professional fights okay mm -hmm. you know how good were you and how much did you know and how much in control of your fights were you or was it your emotions that was sometimes in control of the fights so you know i, I gotta i gotta give him you know some leeway there and say yeah i thought he was going too hard and that could in the end catch up and burn him just like it kind of did against gilbert burns when you just can't get rid of a good fighter but you know, at at twelve fights, th the guy's special. He's good. Now, are there people out there that can beat him? Yes, I think there are. But you've got to be a good fighter to be able to beat him, and you've got to be able to put him in positions where he is doing those kind of things that you're talking about, and then they're not working. Like you're saying, someone like a Michael Chandler who's very hard to submit, someone that can sit there and just deal with some of this and then start to turn it on. You know, he's going to run into those guys, and we'll see how he deals with them when he does. Well, to me, one of those guys is Dave's favorite fighter, Colby Covington. I think oh, Colby, yeah. Colby on the feet is is he's not he's not the greatest guy on the feet. No, but his striking works for him. And I want to remind people, everyone's like, oh, he's he's going to get destroyed on the feet. That's what mm. everyone said about Jake Shields and GSP. And yeah, if you go true. back and you watch that fight, GSP was more marked up after that fight. The majority of his fights, Jake Shields is not a great stand-up guy. It was yeah. very robotic. It was yeah. almost the same combination every single time. But it was working, and it worked for him in that fight. This is a very similar situation where Colby Covington is one of those guys. His style of stand-up is it, it looks it looks horrible, but it works for him. And then you mix that with the ability to get takedowns and stuff takedowns and make you work in his cardio. He's kind of a bad matchup. You know, um, <clears throat> he's a bad matchup, I think, for for Chimaev. and that that pains me to say it. <laughs> you know, because I'm not I'm not a big Chimaev fan either, to be honest. I, I think he's a good fighter. I think he's extremely talented. I think the sky is the limit for him. But the things that happened over this last week, that's the kind of person I am. Like I I kind of almost feel like I take it personal. Like you kind of disrespecting the the craft of what we do. Yep. And it was very unprofessional. Look, if you would have missed it by a pound, two, I even say maybe three pounds, I get it. Yeah, maybe your knee was banged up during training. But at eight and a, at eight pounds, if you think about it, it's eight and a half pounds because it was seven and a half over, but you get that pound allowance. It was eight and a half pounds. Yep. That That's very just, that's unprofessional. You're right. It's unprofessional. I and, agree. And they're like, oh, well, the doctor told him to do this. And, uh, nah, that's okay. bullshit. Don't stop. Stop. That, that's a bunch of bullshit. Thank you. Okay. You sit there, of course the doctor, and I, I know the doctor that they're talking about, okay? I'm not going to sit here and say his name, but he works for the UFC. He's a great guy. Love him. Of course he's going to sit there and say, hey, stop. Because he knows that Shemaev is, you know, dehydrated already. What what does a doctor say? Now, keep on going until you, you know, you possibly, you know, make the weight or you possibly, you know, end up in the hospital. Of course he's going to tell him stop. Liability you know? reasons he's got to say Absolutely. Stop.
so there's not just liability, but then there's on top of it. I want to remind people that everyone kept saying the doctor said, well, my doctor told me not to fucking run anymore, too, because my foot was fucked up and I still did it. Your doctor tells you to do a lot of a lot of stuff that fighters just go, ah, fuck it. Yeah, this is not one of those. This is one of those situations where he knew he wasn't going to make the weight. You can blame the doctor all you want. Yeah, don't blame the doctor. Look, it's all on Shemaev. How many times have we seen Gleason Tabau and Aspen Ladd get carried to the fucking scale? Yoel Romero. Yeah. How they're many getting, of them? They're getting walked up there by their corners. We didn't see that. He understood he wasn't going to make the weight. He gave up. Yep. That is in bad. That's just in bad taste. Like, that's not. That's very unprofessional. And so, look, I look at it like I lost a lot of respect for him. I was pumped on him early in his career when he first got into the UFC. Still early in his career, by the way. Yeah. Um, I was pumped on him. I was like, okay, this this guy, I like what he's doing. Got a little flair to him. He's you know fun fighter, this and that. And but it's it's kind of getting on me now when you show up that much overweight. I'm like, this is just not. If this is what we're gonna see later on, how do you know he just won't do this? And Especially and when I, you're in the main event. In the main and event. Already, and I've already had people come to me and go, yeah, well, Khabib missed weight, you guys. Khabib still tried to always make weight. You didn't see him get on the scale and be like, start flipping people off. No, Khabib ended up in the hospital. This is very true, by the way. Yes, Yes. he did. You know, so, and he was never over by eight and a half pounds or eight pounds. So, and that's, let's dial that back. And, and, uh, you know, we've had, I've had multiple conversations with Khabib about it, you know, um, on missing weight. And it's just, it did, you know, he'd cut a lot of weight early in his career. He got it all under control as it went on. I think Chamaya will have to do the same thing. He can't be hanging out with the uh, fat Darren Till and expecting <laughs> to make weight. <laughs> the fucking meme is the fucking meme is. Oh, the meme, if you see the that meme's meme, great. the meme's the great. Faces that, are like this, man. This that's gonna best. live on forever, man. That's gonna live. Oh, yeah. It's on the internet now. It's there forever. <laughs> it's fucking so great. Um, I thought it was a good performance, though. I can't take it away from him. He came out, did what he had to do, got the win. I, w- I think they're going to eventually meet again later on down the road. Kevin Holland has a lot to offer. He's got to work on his wrestling. You think Kevin Holland will touch, touch gloves with him? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Lesson learned, man. Lesson learned. That's it. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I want to see. I want, I want. How many fights does Kevin Holland have? Because you're talking about Chemayev's 12 fights. But how many fights does Kevin Holland have? He's got more than that. Hell, he's had six oh, fights. Oh, wow. In the wow. Long. 23 yeah. and 8. Yeah. 23 and 8. Contest. Yeah, yeah. Watch, yeah. Oh, wow. That's a lot of fights, man. Uh, I mean, you know, Kevin Holland, I think, has found his home at 170. I think he's got the potential of making a good run. I don't know if he's going to ever be, be champion, but I think he's got the potential to make a good run. His body style makes it very awkward and difficult for a lot of fighters. You know, those shorter fighters, I don't uh, like like a Colby Covington or a Gilbert Burns. Col- Did you say a shorter fighter, Colby? He's not. He's not like. He's not as tall as. He's not um, as tall as. He's Chimaev not as tall as uh, Kevin Holland. Holland, no. I should say uh, not. Not a lot of people are. But um, the the fighters that are significantly shorter than Kevin Holland and Chamayev, those fighters are going to have a difficult time getting past their guards, their knee shields, their their legs, the reach of their palms, all those things. That's why John not John Jones was was successful because he's athletic as fuck. But that was always a problem having that reach and that range. That you know how John would just palm you in the face, yeah. you like big get away from you. me. Yeah, big brother, you like palm you in the face. I mean, that's kind of what Kevin Holland's gonna be able to do at 170. I think Chamay have a very similar situation. So I'm looking forward to seeing where these two progress in the 170 pound division. Should be, a, I think, we're gonna see 
If Chamayev ends up getting to a title shot, I think he runs off into the 185 and tries to become a two-division champion. Kevin Holland, I think, has found his home, and if he does success, have success here, and as he gets older, wants to put the weight back on, could potentially go there as well. We could see these guys meet up several times throughout their careers. That's my thought. First off, would you even consider putting Chamayev in a title fight No. Now? No. No. Not but the, you know not, the UFC is. That but you know the UFC is. Well, I think the Colby, Colby Covington fight is the perfect mm -hmm. fight. I think yeah. it's a great matchup. I think that, you know, like, you know, styles make fights. And in that one, Colby's style is going to cause Chimaev some problems. They're going to, you know, the wrestling is going to cancel out a lot. And it's going to end up being a lot in the stand-up, but it's also the gas tank. And it's the pressure. And that gas tank that Colby, we know he has, man, I'll tell you what, that might be the difference maker in that fight. Like I said, you know, everyone's got their weakness and everyone's got that person that's going to cause them problems. I personally believe Colby Covington is the guy to give Chimaev some problems. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Dave, can you pull up the welterweight division? And so I, I agree with you. I think Colby Covington's guy is going to give him some problems. Colby could get caught with a submission. You could see that, that Dars or Anaconda type choke, choke happen there. You've got Chimaev, he just beat Burns. You got Kobe up there right ahead of him. Kamaro's going to get the automatic rematch. I mean, Jeff Neal's looking really good. You got Bilal Muhammad, who is fighting Sean Brady. I mean, there's guys in that mix yeah. that could give him some problems. That could give him some problems. But I think Kobe is the, the next guy. You cannot give him a title shot off of that coming in eight pounds overweight. It just would, it would be a really bad look. You know, um, Really bad look kept, and a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. A lot of fighters' mouths. Yeah, it would but not go over Dave, well. You you had some tweets from Conor McGregor. Who else? There was another. There was a couple other stuff about Chamayev on this situation. Conor said something. What did What did Conor say? Uh, so first of all, Conor said, "Congrats, Nate, on making it to the end of his uh, contractual obligations with the UFC, and as a bona fide superstar, Gore, an incredible feat. Fair play. Our trilogy will happen." Then he goes on to say. My opinion, they should have pulled Hamzat from the card entirely, uh, reconfiguring bouts, and with a more favorable bout for the failed cutter, will only make many others uh, in the game follow suit. The smirks on the scale were enough for me. Pull from the card and starve. I don't agree with it. I, what, what I, I'm being on. Mm -hmm. I look at it, did he lose? Did did Shemayev lose anything in the in the reshuffling here? Yeah, he lost. He lost. He's not the main event. Okay, let's be I honest. Think he lost some. I think he lost some fans. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, but like Kevin Holland, yeah, he lost the fight, but he made out because mm. his bank account is way better today than it would have been today if he had the fight that he was scheduled to have. All right. Same with, you know, Leach. Leach got more money. Same with Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson got more money. Same with Nate Diaz. Yeah. The only one that didn't get more money was Mr. Chimaev. Okay. So now I just look at it and say he did he got punished. Now not punished that oh take away the fight. But when you're taking away a fight, you're also doing that to the fans. Yeah. Because there's people that do want to watch him. There's people that do want to, to see him fight, and then and they will pay to, to have that happen, and then all of a sudden you're taking it away. You might be losing that. 
to sit there and, and to take it away, they had the ability to make it right, and they did. They made it as right as you could make it. I don't I don't see, you know, to sit there and say, oh, I'm going to punish. He got punished. He got taken off. He's not the main event. And I honestly think they are going to hold him back in saying, I can't give you a championship fight. You, you know, either you're going to move up to 185 or you're going to prove to me several times that 170 is a weight that you can easily make. Yeah, because you don't get that pound allowance. Also, you have to make no. championship weight every single time. That's, That's one, right. That's one thing. That in the, and if you're the champ and you don't make weight, you're really sticking it to the UFC in those situations. Um, I I think that that that's a lot for the UFC to to, to swallow. Uh, I think for him, for Chimaev, he really lost a lot of fans in this situation. That oh. that to me is probably the biggest the biggest thing. You know, um, the come on, even the weigh-ins and he's flipping fans off now comparatively, and it's yeah. different. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, Nate Diaz fucking flips people off." It's different. It's different, guys. Yeah. Nate's not doing it in the same fashion as Chimaev is doing it. Yeah. Nate is saying "fuck you" to the world, like, "Yeah, you know yeah. what? It's me against the world." Chimaev was doing it to people because they were booing him, <laughs> and yeah. they're booing him because of what occurred. I guess we'll see what the UFC decides to do with him and how they move Kevin Holland around as well. Um, the next fight that got put together because of everything that went on uh, this week was uh, the D-Rod fight with Lee. Yep. And to be honest, like I said, I think this was a better matchup for both fighters. And um, not it wasn't a more favorable matchup for both. It was a harder fight for both fighters. I don't know. I don't know if it was a harder fight. D a different fight. Absolutely yeah. a different fight. But I, I looked at... For for Daniel Rodriguez, definitely a different fight as far as he didn't have to deal with someone with incredible length. I think he had to deal with someone that was faster than him. But, you know, Kevin's never been that guy that you looked at and said, oh, he doesn't have a good chin. Kevin's got a good chin. The guys yeah. that beat Kevin are normally guys that are able to take him down to the ground and work at him, beat him down, slow him down, and then get, you know, either a submission or a TKO off of it. I looked at, you know, uh, Jiang Li Lee just, I thought he looked really good. I thought he looked in yeah. control. I thought he looked like he was having fun in there. He got touched a couple times, but he was touching Rodriguez too. I I just didn't I didn't agree with the uh the decision and and but it's a close I'm not going to sit there and complain about it it's you know close That's fight what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say he got robbed yeah. I didn't say he got robbed yeah you know it's one of those if you have that close fight you could lose it but you could tell that he absolutely thought he won that fight by based upon when they when they read off that decision you saw his face mm -hmm. he felt like oh my god yeah. I thought I won that and yeah I think a lot of people kind of agree with him he had that sense of shock like alger did when he won the title from the knee in the face he was like <laughs> yeah anyways <laughs> so it was uh i i agree with you i had um i had lee winning the fight uh yeah. but it, by no means was it a robbery it was a close no. fight um i i had lee i but i had him i had him winning i, I had him winning for sure a 29 28 uh fight it just this is the way it goes. It is what it is. Yep. Could I, you know? And for both fighters, 
mentally it's it's a little it's a little different to have to fight someone that you weren't prepared to fight at all. Um, Nate Diaz is gonna always fight the way he fights. Doesn't yeah. matter who he's fighting. Nate Diaz is gonna fight his fight. Uh, Chamayev's gonna probably structure it around what you're good at and try to do the other thing. You know what I mean? Uh, in this fight, both these guys are pretty well rounded. Both of them didn't know what really probably what to expect. They weren't preparing for the, each other, and so we ended up getting kind of a, a ticky tack fight back and forth. I score, you score, I score, you score. So for a judge, it makes it a little bit harder to to come up with you know the scorecard. Yeah. And the rounds were close. There was some big shots, but I had Lee landing the harder, cleaner shots. But ultimately, at the end of the day. It was a close fight. You got to leave it at that. It wasn't a robbery by any means, but I had Lee win in the fight. I agree. But you, you, everybody has got to give it up for Lee that he's the one guy in all of this. It all worked out really well because you know Tony weighed in at one seventy one. Same with Nate. You know, one seventy eight and a half for Chimaev. You know, one seventy nine something or one eighty for you know Kevin. One hundred and seventy pounds is what Lee weighed in, and he took on a guy that was a full weight class, almost, not not when you're up that high, but in some things, 10 pounds heavier. He still took the fight, man. He yeah. took the fight, fought his ass off. You could see that he was smaller. He was definitely smaller in the fight, but got to give it up to the guy. You know, he's he's a gamer. He's a fighter. You know, this is where you look at when you, when you see guys backing out of things, you go, yep. You're good at fighting. You're not a fighter. There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah, true. This is true. And that's why I said earlier in this show, when this thing started to fall apart, the UFC was real lucky they had these top three fights. Yeah. And the way that... And, and that's probably what's adding to this whole conspiracy theory stuff. But they, what I mean by lucky, that not that they were all at 170 or you know, catchweights at 180, is that they were lucky that they had real fighters. fighters. They had people that said, "Oh, psh, pay me a little extra because I want to get paid." That's the nature. That's I'm a I'm a prize fighter because the guys didn't make weight. Or you're switching my fight at the last minute. Pay me a little extra. I got you, man. I'm good. You didn't hear any of them complain like, "Oh, I got screwed," or "Oh, I'm stuck fighting this guy." None of none of them complained. They all did their job. Yep. Great job from all three or all six fighters. But great job uh, for those fights. Uh, next fight, you have Aldana and how do you say this girl's last name? Chiasun? Macy. I I say Kason. Kason, okay. Kason. But uh, I thought she got. And let me ask you this, because this this was a, this was a, I'm just uh, an honest question. If you get kicked in the boob, do they stop it? If give them no. a second. No, I'm just asking. No, I, I don't have I don't have boobies, so I just <laughs> just. Just well, you do. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just no want to know like, see if you yeah, <laughs> show you my nipples. Uh, if it, I was just wondering because I wasn't sure if you got kicked there, if it was like getting you know cup checked. Okay, nope. wasn't sure. Wasn't nope. sure. All right. So I thought she got kicked in the boob and she went down, and then I thought that the I thought the ref was gonna be like, all right, cool, time out, da da da, let her, you know. But then I saw the kick landed somewhere else, landed the liver, and it was a good shot, nicely done. But those were like in my mind. It was my mind was racing. I'm like, oh, shit, the boob. Time out, referee. The referee, give her some. Give her five minutes. Give I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to get into why your mind was racing. Yeah. You got kicked in the boob. Yeah, I gave you the boob. Oh, great. 
Um, no, yeah. The, the rules for MMA, very simply put, mm-hmm. they're the same for men and women. Basically, what you know is a foul for a man, it's the same as the foul for the woman. It's like when they... We don't say it's a, you know, we'll say people will call it a low blow, a groin strike, mm-hmm. things like that. It's not, oh, you got hit in the balls, okay? Groin strike. Women have groins, men have groins. So, yes, a woman can get kicked in the groin the same as a man. They get the same type of relief from that, the five minutes, it's a foul, all that stuff. When it comes to the boob, is a woman's chest more sensitive than a man's? Probably, yes. But doesn't change anything. Nah. They can also wear, wear turtle shells. Nope. Oh, they can't. Nope. Oh. Boxing does okay. that. Got it. Got it. Because I know, like in other, like in soccer, you know, women wear turtle shells, and yep. in other sports, they women can wear turtle shells. Yeah, they can, they have yeah. the opportunity to do that. Yeah, and the reason, what, the reason what's, why, what's the take on that? Not wearing the, them. The reason why is it can be used as a weapon. Women are in MMA in grappling situations where you're on top of someone, and you have now a hard plastic object. That you can start to grind into somebody now it becomes more of a weapon than it is a protector isn't that like a still cup can be yeah you guys reasoning needs garbage no think, okay, okay how many <laughs> i want you i want you to think about this when you're grappling with someone how often mm-hmm. is it that you get your chest close to their face pretty often I get my dick i get my dick to their face quite yeah, a bit too you, i'm not saying anything. i'm not I'm saying you never saying. do but more often, no, you don't get your, you don't get to that position where your cup is over someone's face as often. And they were, yeah. and they're going to make you wear the cup and it is the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, is just, it is just the way it is. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is all, Josh is yeah. all about protect the boobs. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm all about it. Look, Johnny Walker versus uh, Kutlaba. Fight didn't go long. It's what you get. It was uh, Johnny Walker looked good, but it, in short term fights, but he he go ahead, always John. has. He always has yeah. looked good in short term fights. In short term fights, yep. And well, the, you know, it's it's a tough one because you know we looked at it when we you know knowing Kutalaba, we said very aggressive first round guy. He went after him. Yeah. You know, Johnny did a nice job of protecting himself. He didn't take a lot of damage. He did a nice job of getting out of the position. Then he switched it around. Nice, you know, nice uh, drop of uh, Kutalaba to the, to the ground with some of the takedowns and stuff. Beautiful job of getting his hooks in quickly. And once he did, you know, he finally applied the choke and stuff. This is the Johnny Walker that you need to see, though. If if Johnny Walker is going to continue on with his career and be successful, he's got to fight in this fashion because he can't take a lot more damage. You can't be in these stand-up brawls all the time getting hit on the chin. Obviously, that's not that's not working out well for you, so then you got to change it up. You know, I think that's what he's trying to do. He's you know working with John Cavanaugh at SBG. You know, he's living in Ireland most of the time, you know, training with those guys. He says he's making a difference. He says he's seeing a difference. And we kind of saw it in this fight. But this is one of those fights. It could have gone bad for him because Kudalaba, like we said, strong, powerful, first round, you know, big power. He could have put him out. Johnny Walker did the right things and, you know, switched things around and got the, the rear naked choke. So I just look at it and go, this is a nice step for Johnny Walker. 
Let's. It's unfortunate they pushed him out of the arena wearing his shorts and gloves with no shirt or anything. It's like, I don't know if you, did you see that? Yeah. The UFC let everybody know what they thought of Johnny Walker's performance. (laughs) Get out the back door. Take your fucking gloves with you. I don't know if it was the UFC or the security, (laughs) but man, they had no respect for poor Johnny. None. He's on the strip fucking in his gloves and in his fight shorts. No shirt, no 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 sandals, nothing. Just fucking out there barefoot. Like, what the that, fuck? You fought, get out. <laughs> I can't imagine walking barefoot in the fucking strip. Oh, disgusting. Fucking <laughs> gross. Just Dean, gross. Dana did gas about that in the presser, and he's like, I have no idea. He's like, I think it's something to do with Ireland, like the rule with um, the rule with like him going back to Ireland or something like that. Um, but it was, What? Yeah, it was, it was. Dana said he had no idea. He's like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he has no idea because it has nothing to do with him going back to Ireland. He's like, what the oh, fuck? Oh, man. That's funny, oh, though. Man. You got to be nervous, man, walking around on the strip. Needles, HIV uh, on the car, <laughs> on oh. the sidewalk. Ugh, ugh, I can't imagine. All right, anyways, uh, what other fights on this card do you want to talk about? Look, I thought, you know, Julian Arosa looked really good. Arosa's a guy who came up on the Ultimate Fighter, you know, was sent away for a while, went and had fights, you know, did all kinds of things, fought, you know, Patty Pimlet and Cage Warriors and stuff. But, man, his last couple of fights, he has really, really come into his own. Do me a favor, pull, pull up his record for me, Dave, so you can see it. But, you know, he's had some some barn burner fights. And he he comes, and, man, he puts on a show. I really enjoy it. Win against Charles Jordan, who we both love and we think yeah. is, you know, outstanding. That's three wins in a row, you know, for him. He's got, you know, a win against, against Nate Landwehr, who tough as hell. I mean, the guy's really been fighting well. In his last seven fights, six and one, obviously, I think the one, uh, if it's his last eight, he's six and two. But, I mean, you can't ask more. The guy comes to fight. He puts on a show. He freaking will stand with anyone. He's actually got a good ground game. Yeah. And he, you know, if you heard the commentary throughout this whole thing, you know, they're talking about how good, you know, Davidu's fucking stand-up is, and it is good. It's clean. Yeah. And it wasn't better than fucking Arosa's. No. Arosa landed the cleaner shots, the harder shots. He hurt him. He He just dominated that fight. He looked fantastic. When you take two fighters who are equally the same and one person's normally faster, which Dawadu is probably the faster fighter, but when they're technically better, like Erosa was, just tighter with his defense, let the hands come from his face, he had the better combination, which got there faster. You hear fighters say all the time or coaches say all the time, throw the straight punch. It gets yeah, there faster than when you loop your stuff. And it really just came down to just the patience, the confidence, I think, and what he could do. And once he started touching Dawadu, he just realized, like, look, this is my fight. And he just never started. He never retreated back. He never let the fight really get out of his control. He controlled the pace from getting to the end. Great performance. Great job. I mean, interesting to see where he ends up, you know, um, in, in this whole mix up of what's next for you. Um, he's a good fighter. I agree with you. He is. he is a good fighter. So uh, back to the card. I'm going to. I'm. I want to talk mainly about this fight. Chris Barnett and uh, how do you say his name? Collier? Yeah, Dick Collier. What a fight, John. It was Dude, it fun. started it out. Was, Come on, the way it started it out, crazy. they just started. 
every fight mm-hmm. should start like that one did. It was great. Just let's was- stand here and just throw down because they started winging. And if you don't love Chris Barnett, you don't love fighting. You don't love people, man. You, you're a negative Nancy because that yeah. dude is awesome. He is fun to watch. And for a dude, five foot nine and two hundred, he weighed in at two sixty seven five or whatever. Jeez. You know, you know, you know he was two eighty. <laughs> Coming. How do you miss weight at heavyweight? Come on. How do you miss weight at heavyweight at five foot nine? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. Uh, I mean, I'm five ten. Can you imagine being an inch shorter than me and being that much? I, I, it's, an, it's another you. It, it's another it is. It it's is another, another you. That's crazy, man. <laughs> Two of me in this body. Jeez. Uh, uh but just, I thought it was a I thought it was a great come from behind win. Yeah, he got he got, Dude, you know, he he got, got hurt. a lot of trouble in that first round. He kept fighting. Uh, Collier, he fought a great fight as well. He was touching him up, landing the cleaner, better strikes. He blew his wad trying to get him out of there instead of making the space and touching him up. Go back to the DJ fight when he just fought and just just won the title. How patient he was after he rocked Marais with the, with the punch. What, tracked after him, set up the knee as soon as he saw the uh, Marais's back hit the fence. Boom, knee came up the middle. Great lead job. But that's the kind of great job. That's the kind of thing that we talk about. Young fighters need to continue to work on. You see some of the best boxers in the world rock somebody and then smother all their punches and then not get the finish. Yep. And you that's at the highest level. So it's not the easiest thing to do. You've got to learn to temper and control your emotions. And Collier didn't do that, and that cost him the fight. He could have got him out of there had he made some space Hit him with the the longer arms or the 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 touch and touch and touch, then throwing the combinations. I thought he looked good up until he started getting tired. He blew his wad. Chris Barnett was pushing back, and they started gunslinging. And that's not the fight you want to be in with someone who's shorter in stature, thicker. Obviously, didn't make weight, but he has a little bit of a gas tank, man. He's a goer, and he he's having fun out there. Those are fighters that you should be afraid of. Because they're relaxed. They're having fun. They love this shit. The way he does his front flip and breaks his back every time. Oh, dude. Yeah. I'm like, so, I mean, oh, I'm all for the front flip, but don't freaking land on your ass where it's jarring your back. I was so like, funny. ow. You know <laughs> he's going to have back problems too, coming around, carrying around that belly his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Some problems. He, but but he, uh, he was even fun after you know, the, the yeah. interview that Rogan did with him, man. If you don't, again, if you don't love Chris Barnett, you got problems. Yes. The dude was phenomenal. He was fun to listen to. It was great seeing Todd Duffy in mm. his corner. You know, yeah. People are looking and you see the, the long blonde hair, which they've never mm-hmm. seen with Todd, but it's like, hey, there's Todd. That's good, man. Another old guy. He took. I think Chris Barnett took the place of Deo Cormier as Kung Fu Panda. Oh no doubt. Now, now that no DC's doubt. gone, I think that Chris Barnett's got Kung Fu Panda. He's he got to make Kung shirts, Fu man. Yeah. He's got to make shirts. Kung Fu Panda. He, dude, Chris, he's a lot. And he's a lot more of a Kung Fu Panda than fucking Cormier because yeah. Cormier was a Kung Fu wrestler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to see if hey Chris Barnett, if you make those shirts and you sell them, I want my percentage. I'll just take two percent, three percent. We're good. Um, all right, well, that's going to wrap up our talk on 279. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Look, there was a lot of commotion, a lot of action going on. Also, if you guys liked our little show that we did on Friday that was a surprise show for you guys, given all the circumstances, 
hit hit us up in the comments. Let us know what you thought of it. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Also to our channel, the growth has been a little slower these days because, but we're gonna try bringing you some guys some some more content here and there. But uh, we want to thank you guys for sh uh, sharing our channel, watching our channel, doing all those things. So, Podcast Dave, give us some news, buddy. All right. Well, in the last few days, we we got um, confirmation of uh, Chandler versus Poirier. Um, and then we had Chandler come out with his tweet. A date, a name, a location, same demeanor. See you at the top. Hashtag UFC 281. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I, I, I've loved this fight from the moment we talked about it. I think... Right after he got done fighting his last fight. Who did he fight last? He fought... Um, Tony. Tony. So right after he fought Tony, I was like, you know what? The Dustin fight would be a great fight. That'd be a fantastic fight. So I would have liked to have seen that fight. Uh, I'd like to have seen this Dustin fight. So the fact that it's happening, I think it's at Madison Square Garden, correct? Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, been, out for, it's been out for several days, though. The, the, there's this whole thing about people who oh, but it wasn't confirmed. Yes, it was. This was confirmed. In fact, that tweet is from the 7th. Take a look. September 7th. So this fight has everything that you want. Poirier and Chandler don't like each other, which is beautiful. Don't like each other. They've had little face-to-face -face skirmishes and, and words and stuff. And it's like, well, the best part, like I always say, is you get to punch each other in the mouth. That's That's a great thing. That's the best part about fighting. And no one... You don't get arrested. No one gets a, a lawsuit or anything like that. It's the best. And I think this is a great matchup. It, it shows right now, especially when since you have Makachev and Oliver having their championship fight, which they should. Those those two guys, you know, are the ones that should be in that. You look and you go, well, you got to get you know certain people back. Well, Chandler's and Poirier both have a loss to Oliver. Is it that, you know, Makachev wins? You got, you know, the winner of this could be the next in line for it. Who knows? But this is a great matchup. And it's, it's the fact that it's going to be in Madison Square Garden is going to make it even bigger. Yeah, I look at it. If Dustin wins, he probably will get the next title shot. If Dust, if Chandler wins, I could see if if Dariush beats Gamera, I think Dariush gets the title shot absolutely, over Chandler. Absolutely not. No, you think they're going to put Chandler? Yeah. Because of how marketable he is, I I understand where they're coming from. I'm yeah. not I'm not dis I'm not discrediting that. And again, just like what you're saying, I understand what you're saying with mm -hmm. Darius, and I love Benil. Yes, fucking awesome guy, great fighter. He's quiet. Yeah, that's true. And, 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 and he's too and nice I, of a person. He is. He's a great great person. Yeah. But you know, you're taking a look at which one's going to sell more. Which is the one that they're going to say, well. You know, this is this is more marketable for us. They're going to say Chandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the UFC has found out what Bellator knew with Chandler and stuff. Look, he's great for the promotion. Mm -hmm. you, whether you like him or not, man, he talks well. He says good things about the promotion all the time. He's always talking about how wonderful they are, and they've given him so many chances and all these things. He doesn't say anything bad about the promotion ever. He's what he's what they want to you know have, and well, he can be him. a little bit of a pain in the ass behind closed doors. Well, I didn't say anything about behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the the front of it all, yeah, he's yeah, he's definitely there. You go. He he exudes himself as a company man. Yep. So um, that's what you got to do, though. That's exactly if you want to build your brand, if you want to stay in with you know the Cokers and the Dana Whites and the 
I don't even know who the promoter is for PFL. Um, but you know what I mean? Like if you <laughs> well, want, we'll, you want we'll to just be, say, we'll say, we'll say fucking Ray, Ray Sua. Ray Sefo. Yeah. This going to say, we'll say Ray is the guy because he's the, he's yeah. the one they put out there. So Ray Sefo yeah. is it. You know what I mean? So, um, but I, I love this fight. I've loved this fight since before we started buzzing about it after the Tony fight. I thought it was a great opportunity for this fight to happen. When the skirmish happened at one of the last UFCs, I thought, okay, th there's probably no doubt now they're going to put this fight together. It took them a little while to get the, the details worked out. I'm sure each fighter wanted a little extra this, a little extra that, or this or that, put on, you know, uh, cherry on the cake for each one of them. But the fight's going to happen now and, we're going to have a great time, man. I'm, I'm pumped for that fight. It's going to be a good fight. Yeah. Dustin, I, we, I, there's an opportunity and a chance that we may see uh, Chandler get submitted for the first time. My, I mean, I, I would say Oliveira too, but I think Chandler leaves his head in positions that could put him, could jeopardize him getting caught in that arm and guillotine. I just want you to think of one thing with Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Low kick. Yeah, Calf all kick. day long. All day long. Hello. All day long. I actually just watched long. the uh I watched the Gaethje and Chandler fight again last night. And yep. um yeah, the calf kick is just money and, and Gaethje didn't go to it enough in the second and third rounds, but he was also landing cleaner, harder shots in the second third rounds. Yeah. But uh yeah, he was piecing them up. But yeah, on that I I agree with you that the low kick will be a big factor. Um if Dustin can avoid getting hit with the big shots early in the fight, this can be. Is this a five round fight? Is this yeah. the main event? I don't know. I, I don't, well, know. I don't think it's a main event. It's not. Card. It will not be a main event. Not, yes, not no. in New York. That card has a title fight already. Let me find out what it is. Okay, but will this be a co-main five rounds like we just saw? I mean, that would make sense, right? Possibly. Your fake card is Ezzy and Pahel. And then Carla and Zhang, so I doubt it's, oh, yeah. it's probably it going to slot in right definitely now. Won't be a, Three definitely rounds, won't so. be a five round. No, it'll be before Hooker. Which, and... that, that works well for Chandler. Yeah, it does. I've We've said this a bunch of times. and Poirier uh, comes he, on in the later rounds. He's got a good gas yep, tank. Yep. But. And I think, are you, are you getting a little feeling, though, like because you getting a feeling the UFC's Doing this on purpose? Yes. Got it. I kind of got the little bit of the vibe too. Now you just told me. Now we just found out it was three rounds. I'm like, this is a five round fight. Like, if you're talking two of the best guys in the division, this is a five round fight. It should be a main event somewhere. Yeah. You're putting it in MSG. Like, I know you got to have stacked cards in MSG because yeah. MSG is like LA. They won't come unless it's super, super expensive. Yeah, it's like like Dana was saying. He's like, it costs five hundred grand just to turn the fucking lights on. He's like, that's not counting security, staff, fucking, oh. you know, vendors, all that shit. That's not counting all them. That's just to turn the lights on. Union fees? Are you kidding? Freaking Man. crazy there. Brutal, brutal. But, but hey, it's a cool place. Good fight. You got Whaley Zhang versus Carlos Spies on there as well. Aspar's on there, and then you've got Dan Hooker. He's gonna be fighting as well. Uh, how do you say this guy's name? Puelas. Puelas. Puelas, yeah, Claudio Puelas. He's good. Yeah. He's good. So that that card that card's a pretty stacked card. There's another good fight right below that one. Scroll down. Yeah, Brad Riddle. Yes, I love me some Brad Riddle against Moicano. That's a good Moicano should be a good fight. Man, Molly Ball Molly, she's gonna be fighting on a on a card without without Patty. She got a tough fight, man. Oh, that's gonna be a tough one. She got a tough yep. fight against her. Good card though overall. Dominic Ray is making his return with Ryan Spann on that same card. Yep.
That's interesting. They put them so far down. Interesting. Yeah. Huh? Anyways. All right. What else you got for us, Dave? On some news. All right. Let's talk. Uh, Tiago Santos leaving the USC and going to the PFL. Smart move. Yep. Just telling you right now. Nice job there, Tiago. I'm, I'm happy for you. I hope you made a shit ton of money. Okay. You take a look at this is one of those ones that what's he going to do in the UFC now? He's at that point where, you know, he, he had that rise. He was you know near the top and then it's, you know, fallen off a little bit. So you can say, do I want to stay in the UFC and just because I want, I need to be in the UFC or could I go somewhere else and make more money, possibly, you know, win their, uh, their light heavyweight, uh, title and get that million dollar check at the end of the year i think this is a smart move for tiago i don't you know this is why you became a fighter is to make money okay this this is the reason why and so when the, that opportunity comes and you look at it jump on it good job yeah you look at certain fighters right Roy mcdonald went there i know he just retired but he went there made a ton of money when he left bellator went there made a ton of money never got to the never won the million dollars but he made a ton of money in the process. They do a good job of making sure that the fighters that they want to succeed are getting paid well. Santos is probably making pretty damn good money, to be honest. Him, you got uh, Pettis was making seven fifty a fight. Plus, if he would have got to the finals and won it, another million dollars. There's uh, Chris Wade. He's been to the finals a couple times, uh, I think twice. Well, you've got Lance Palmer, who's he he he's being courted by Bellator and the UFC, but he's like, I can't leave. He's like, I keep winning these things. I think he's won three of them now. That's $3 million. One, plus two his of them, fight, two of them. But for sure, he's got his fight. I mean, I'm a little jealous. Guy's driving around a fucking Lambo. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> a little pissed off. But but, but you, you got to be you know, honest about this and take a look. It's the, the bigger names like Tiago mm-hmm. have not done well at the PFL. No. Okay, you can take a look at you know Anthony coming out. What was Anthony's overall record in the PFL? You know, two and four, something like that. Oh, Anthony Pettis, Anthony yeah. Pettis. Yeah, okay. I think he only has. I think he only has two wins. Uh, Jeremy Stevens gone there. He's got Did two he losses, right? He's got two losses. Yeah, he's got two yeah, losses, I mean, or is he, he one he, and one? No, I think he's lost both. Okay, now Stevie Stephen Ray. He came from the UFC, but he's got two wins now against uh, Pettis. But you're taking a look and you're saying, man, it's it's not this easy road. People are, you know, and this is when you're going to get all kinds of people. Oh, you know, you want to talk bad about the UFC? I'm not talking bad about the UFC. I'm saying that other places have good fighters that I don't care if you're coming from the UFC or if you're coming from Bellator. Rory, when he went from the UFC to Bellator, he had a couple good fights, and then, you know, things didn't go that well for him in the end. Well, he you had know, a hard fight. That that fight, I think, with uh, Lima. With Lima in the, yeah, that the, fight right there. That was his changed, second fight. That changed him. He, he fought Daly. He got a quick submission on Daly. Mm-hmm. And then he fought Lima. Took a lot of damage. Yeah. And from that point, wasn't quite the same. You know? He hadn't been the same since the, the, the Robbie fight. Robbie Lawler fight. He, he had grim. He had glimpses, grimaces, glimpses yeah. of greatness again in some yep. in, in some of his fights. But then after that first Lima fight, he just didn't look the same. He couldn't be kicked anymore. He was struggling to like his shin, his legs. 
He's deal. Nope. He's gonna deal with a lot of leg pain and nose, his nose stuff, for a while, for the rest of his life. And so I think for him, for him to leave the way he did, he made a lot of money. Um, and he, for him to leave when he did, it was someone that understands what he's gonna have to deal with later on in life. Yeah, because he's um, only thirty three years old. I know, man. It's fucking crazy, isn't it, John? Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, he's a smart kid, man. When you talk to him, it's like yeah. he he's smart. He was a he's kid. A now he's a man. Yeah, he's a man. <laughs> 33 is a man with a family. No, just, no, but I think it's great man. for Thiago, and, and I I hope he does well, but it ain't going to be an easy road for him. No. What, what people, what I want to explain to people is this, is when fighters leave the UFC, um, Shane Burgos, he's there at PFL now. Okay. Santos, there at PFL now. There comes a stage when you realize, okay, look, the UFC's not really promoting me like they're promoting Chemaev or like they're promoting, you know, Nate Diaz or they're promoting somebody. You know what I mean? Like, once you realize that they're not going to promote you that way or they're not going to make, give you the fights that you feel are not just favorable to you, but fights that will make it an action packed fight. I, I've complained about that a lot, a long time. And I said, look, when I went to the UFC, all I wanted to fight. The two guys I wanted to fight. Donald Cerrone was my main guy that I wanted to fight. And I wanted to fight, Sir, I wanted to fight, uh, not Sergio, Anthony Pettis. Those two guys were the two guys that I was like, all I ever heard about when I was in Strike Force. Those guys would knock you out. Those guys would do this. I wanted to fight those guys. <laughs> and it was cool. I get it. But these fighters that are going from the UFC, it's harder for them to make the transition to the PFL, to Bellator, to one, as we saw with Mighty Mouse and we saw with Eddie Alvarez. It's because. They're coming in there as like shark bait for all the talent. That's they're that a target. Extra mo they're a huge target. It's that extra motivation to train a little bit harder. It's that extra motivation to be like, I want that fucking guy. I want to let everyone know that I can beat that guy. The only problem I think that they're gonna that, that those fighters will always run into is the same problem that you and I have sometimes on this podcast is that people they're gonna think that. Oh, these guys left. They're washed out. Santos is, has a lot left in the tank. Okay. Uh, Shane Burgos, he's got a ton of left in the tank. He's got a ton left there. Uh, you know, Pettis, he still had some good fights left in him, but the guys he fought just brought it to him in a different way. And, you know, and, uh, and it's Jeremy Stevens. He still had a little bit left in the tank. He just hasn't been able to get the win. These, these fighters have something. Benson Henderson came off of wins. To, to Bellator, he couldn't yeah. buy a win his first four or five fights. Oh, my God, He was no. struggling. His win against Patricio was because Patricio kicked him and he broke and his broke own his leg. leg. Yeah. So it, wa it wasn't a win like he came out and dominated. He was actually losing that fight. Yes, he to was. a 45-pounder. And let's yep. not forget that Benson came. Benson was coming off of a win, I think, to a 70-pounder in the UFC. Yep. Who was the guy that he beat? Multiple times. Yeah. And so, but my point is, look. There's good fighters everywhere. We know that. Just start paying attention to all the fighters. Find somebody in each organization that you like watching and tune in and watch them. You know, um, those are the guys that you should probably try to start attaching yourself to a little bit. Scroll down a little bit. Scroll down a little bit more. Man, a little bit, just a little bit so more. Fights in Bellator. Right there. Yeah. Came in, he had one fight against Koroshkov for the title. He got just tooled up in that Brandon one. Thatch is the guy I was thinking of who was big yeah. and then he beat then he beat Masvidal I think yeah. that was at 70 also it was 
Yeah, so he beat Mazadol at seventy, and he beat Brandon Thatch. I mean, Benson had he had a lot. He still had a, he had a lot left in the tank when he came over to Bellator. He just couldn't get a win. He was struggling with a lot of the guys. Yeah. But uh, you know, good fighter, you know, great fighter. To be honest, he's a great fighter. Fucker beat me. Great guy, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he broke your thumb. Yeah, he's but he's a fantastic person. His whole family. Yes, he he met his wife and his kids. They're just yep. You're not gonna find a better group of people in the world. Absolutely not. All right, next. All right, one wrap up on this boxing. Yeah. <laughs> well, we oh, had man. the NFL going into the boxing ring. Two uh, former NFL running backs, both of them fantastic. Listen, Adrian Peterson, one of the greatest running backs of all time, against Le'Veon Bell, who was unbelievable. Also, took it to the ring, a boxing match, and it didn't go well for one of them. <laughs> I mean. John, they're both extremely athletic. Both still have yep. a lot left in the tank. Um, Adrian Peterson owns a gym out in Houston. It's called O Athletic. And um, we've been there. I've done I, – I, inter I interviewed Kimbo Slice there at his gym. Interviewed Ken Shamrock there because I had just got signed on by Bellator to do some, you know, some uh, backroom, locker room interviews. And that was the very first time I'd ever done an interview with uh, – with another, I've done interviews with other fighters, but I mean that was the first time I've actually done like a back, like a back room or a press conference type interview. And uh, Kimbo, man, just an absolute great guy. Yeah. But uh, I met, uh, and then I did Ken, Ken there as well. But I met Adrian; he was there, and that was his gym called O Athletic, or he's a partner's in on it or something like that. But Le'Veon Bell used to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he also played for the Chiefs from my Chiefs, and uh, a little bit of a bad attitude, but. Great running back. You know, he had his moment in Pittsburgh. Never had his moment again after that. But he had his moments in Pittsburgh. And, John, I was surprised, to be honest, how clean he looked on the feet a little bit. You know, good combination. And I would have thought. Very, very relaxed. Yeah. And I would have thought relaxed. Adrian Peterson would have been the more relaxed and the better boxer, given that he owns a gym, O-Athletic, that has a cage, that has a ring, that has yeah. that does kickboxing, boxing, all of those things. I would have thought that. I mean, but, I mean, if you look at, though, I think Le'Veon Bell's significantly younger i would say probably at least six seven years younger so that makes a difference younger. yeah younger so i mean overall though what do you do what do you expect <coughs> to get from these kind of fights you know what i expect to get from this fight now since Le'Veon bell knocked adrian peterson out in this fight put him on his butt the uh, referee stopped the fight but i expect to see Le'Veon bell against frank gore now Really? <laughs> Just being honest. Yeah. Come on. You you got these. Frank Gore has had a couple of fights now. He just mm -hmm. had a nice win. He just had a good. Uh, he's been into boxing. Yeah, they want to box. Let him box. But Frank Gore lost to uh, the guy Williams, the basketball player. Basketball player. Yeah. 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 I can't remember his name. Something Williams. Um. Maybe I mean maybe I was I'm just waiting so for Jake Brian Paul to Williams? be like you know what Le'Veon Bell Jake Paul's gonna be like Le'Veon Bell I'll fight you too, so I'll wait for that call. <laughs> oh man! But hey, yes. you know what? That's gonna wrap up our show. It is really early here. It's about 5 a.m. here in San Jose, California. These guys live on the East Coast and middle middle of America in Austin. There, Dave does so. He's an hour behind. Big John, which means they get to sleep in when we film these. I want you guys to thank me for holding down the fort at 5 a.m. 
all the credit goes to Josh Thompson. <laughs> You're right. I want I want everyone to know that yes, the credit goes to Josh Thompson. Yeah. The guy who the fights end at ten o'clock at night, not one o'clock mm. in the morning. Hey, you guys, you guys get to sleep in. Right. <laughs> you sleep you in. Sleep in. How do I get to sleep in? I don't go to bed anyways till midnight, so it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> One extra hour. Ooh, ooh. ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, but uh, hey, go to waitingpodcast.com, pick up some of our merch, you guys. Uh, we've got some hats coming soon, man. We met with this hat company. They are fantastic. I'm pumped. You guys saw some of the hats, but we've also made some changes to them. I like that trucker hat look in the back instead of the flex fit trucker hat. I like the trucker hat with the snapback, but with the front with the flat brim. So I like that one. So we're going to do one of those as well. John's just hating me right now. He's like, God, I hate those ugly damn hats. You yeah. see, John likes the old man style hat, right? Old man style. That. Yeah, yeah. That's Please like that. do me a favor. Explain to me the old man style. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not I'm not old. I, I don't know what it means. Something that was before it. my time. So. <laughs> well, the old man would, might be the one with all the tears in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Uh, podcast dave uh great job on your refereeing debut nicely done my friend great job yes and uh you guys we'll see you guys in the midweek show make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button hit the bell so you guys get notifications when we do a quick drop like john and which i we will about be doing this. more of we'll be trying to slide some of those in there when there's some some uh big time headlines to talk about we'll try and jump on and give you guys our thoughts you know sometimes they'll be two three minutes sometimes they'll be 15 minutes you know so uh hit that bell get notifications from us let us know uh that you guys uh enjoy our content thank you so much man and uh, john take us away yeah for everyone out there oh let me say this for everyone out there that came to the aid of podcast dave for all of his trolling attempts <laughs> on twitter and instagram uh, and everything get a clue just get yeah a clue. you guys <laughs> I want to say one last thing. Hashtag free cane. I also want you guys to go to Lions Not Sheep, pick up shirts there. That money goes directly to his family uh, to help with lawyer fees, any other things that they got going on. Um, I've been working with uh, a good company to work on one of the documentaries that are leading up to this. John and I have done some content for them as well. So that is hopefully going to be picked up here shortly. That will drop and that will give everyone a lot of the inside information of what is really happening. Um, there's a lot of things that people don't know, but I want to bring more light to this because it's kind of faded away a little bit, but he does have court here where he puts his plea in. I think it's on the 26th, I think is what it is. So if you guys are following along, please keep track of the stuff on social media, repost it, let everyone remind everyone that this man is still out there defending other people's children doing the things not just trying to defend his own but everyone else's children out there and uh please go out there and support hashtag free cane uh lions not sheep you can pick up his shirt john for everyone out there please go and do exactly what josh is saying and we will see you